Okay, guys, welcome to another Jesus Rant. Pastor Tom Carter, Word Without Walls Ministry. This is Season 3, Episode 50, Highly Esteemed. And I'm going to do one of the things that I sometimes do with these rants. And I'm just going to take the one verse that the Lord put on my heart for this week, and I'm just going to rant on it. I'm just going to wander around and kind of empty my heart on it as best I can. And then hopefully that will give us something that uh, will be practical, something that will be helpful, something, you know, uh, like I always say, when the whole point of Word Without Walls ministry for me is to give people the word without the walls like literally i want to break down the walls of religion because I, i'm not a big fan of organized religion you probably know that about me by now um i want to make things simple i want to make things palatable that's why i do kind of you know shorter episodes i want to give you something to chew on but not to choke on um i know sometimes uh, when you're trying to concentrate on something and it just keeps going and going and going like you it, it's hard sometimes and I you know this is just me doing it by myself so it's just my voice for half an hour and I know that sometimes that can be monotonous and so you know I try to keep it a little bit shorter and I just try to focus on you know one hopeful kind of idea and the idea for this week is in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, and I'm going to read it in the King James Version and the New Living Translation, because again, one of the walls that I think organized religion has kind of put up is when they like to fight about translations. And, you know, people will say this translation is more accurate or, or that translation I, I like the translations that are the easiest to understand. And that's what I always tell people. Anytime anybody asks me, what translation of the Bible should I use? I always tell them the one that you can understand the best. Because honestly, as many times as the Bible has been <laughs> interpreted and misinterpreted and reinterpreted, it's important to know the author. It's important to let the Holy Spirit guide you. Even to the point where, I think I've told this story before, um, I heard a story, I don't remember if it was my pastor or a guest speaker at my church one time, but he told a story about a, a guy he knew that was having heart problems, like physical heart problems. And he was trying to find any kind of answer he could for it. The doctors didn't really know what to do for him, and, and it, it was really kind of a bad deal for him. And he was reading his Bible one day, and he came to a verse in the Old Testament that said, My heart is fixed. And what, in context of what the, what the verse meant, it was talking about having your heart fixed or your attention fixed on the Lord. But that's not how he received that verse. For him, it meant my heart is fixed, my literal heart, my... Uh, the heart in my chest is fixed. He, For him, it was more like, by Jesus' stripes we are healed, which is a total misinterpretation of the verse, totally taking it out of context, totally taking it to mean something that it wasn't originally intended to mean. But the key was, he mixed that 
phrase that he took out of context, he mixed that phrase with faith, and he, because of that out of context snippet of the Bible, he believed that his, his heart was fixed, that miraculously God would be able to heal him, and he did. Because God doesn't need Bible scholars, he needs people who have faith. That's what's important. It's when you mix the word with faith that the word really becomes alive in your own life. So, like I said, I want to read this uh, in the King James Version and in the, the New Living Translation because it has the phrase that I want in the King James Version, but it makes it a little more clear in the New Living Translation. And, and, and again, really, all I want to do with my ministry is I just want to try to make things simple. I want to try to make them easy. I want to try to make them practical. I don't want to swim down into waters that people can't necessarily hold their breath to get down there too. And you know, sometimes I like some of that deep stuff. Sometimes I like to 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 look at the definitions of words and and get the historical context of things. Like I'm not against that. I'm simply trying to offer something different where you can just, you know, you can throw my rant on in the background if you're doing something or whatever. And hopefully just get a little something that will encourage you, a little something that will help you get from the start of the day to the end of the day. Because I think really more than anything, that's people's biggest goal on a daily basis. It's just get from the start of the day to the end of the day. Just get through this one and see what the next one has for us. So when we're talking about the idea of, of highly esteemed, I'm not talking about how we are highly esteemed in the Lord's sight. I actually might do that uh, next week in to to kind of uh, uh, you know pair these together uh, right before we we do the 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 season finale. But because we are highly esteemed in His sight, we are the apple of His eye. We are His favorite creation, and I might go into that next week. We'll see. But what I want to talk about today is for for us to understand the simple, and I say simple, I don't say easy, because sometimes it's not easy, but the simple biblical spiritual truth about esteeming others higher or better than ourselves. And I really want to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my two verses and then I really want to dig into that because I think it's so important as a, as a concept, as a truth, and, and really I want to hopefully help us to understand what that means and what it doesn't mean. So again, it's Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. In the King James it reads, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. To me, when you're esteeming others better than yourself, it's like, let me say it like this, to be humble does not mean to think less of yourself. It simply means to think of yourself less. This is not saying so-and-so is better than me and I'm worse than them. This is simply saying I'm concerned with so-and-so and I'm not worried about myself. Okay, when we're esteeming others better than ourselves, we're not saying he's better than me and I'm worse than him. We're saying I'm going to focus on him. I'm going to give what I have and I'm not going to worry about me because, uh, well, let me read it in the in the New Living Translation. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. And to me, that's the, the key is don't be selfish and don't try to impress others. Don't worry about what other people think about you. 
Just focus on what you can do for them. Be humble, which again, this is this is one of the keys that I really, really, really want us to get from this rant today. So I'm going to probably say it a bunch of times. But being humble to me, it does not mean thinking less of yourself. It simply means thinking of yourself less. And the way that this really uh, struck home with me years and years and years ago is when I had somebody saying, um, if I look after you and you look after me, neither one of us has to worry about ourselves. We don't have to be selfish if we know that we're covered, right? If I know that I have what I need, and, and, and the bottom line with that is I have no lack because my God has no lack. I have what I need because my Heavenly Father has me covered. And the fact that He uses people to cover people can be a little bit tricky. It can be a little bit uh, almost shaky, if you want to say it that way, because it's sometimes it's hard to trust people. People are really messy. People are really unpredictable. Sometimes you think you know exactly what somebody's going to do, and then they don't do that. And it like rocks us. We're like, that was unexpected. I didn't think that was going to happen. Because people are very, very messy, right? This whole life is very, very messy. Uh, whenever people say, well, the Lord works in mysterious ways, in, in my brain, I'm always like, yep, because he works through people, and people are mysterious. So what I'm trying to say is it can be tricky to trust other people and to rely on other people to have you covered. So at the bottom line, at the very end of it, to really have that assurance, we're trusting in the Lord to cover us. And the, and, and the fact that he does it by using people, that's just the way that he chooses to do it. It's not like you... You know, because even somebody you trust, they probably will let you down at some point. I'm sure I love my son more than anything in the world, and I know that I've let him down multiple times in his little 12 year old life. Like, that's just how life goes. But that doesn't mean, I hope it doesn't mean anyway, that doesn't mean that you just never trust them again, right? You have to, you know, you have to understand the situation and you have to understand the people and, and, and really not put, so much expectations on people. I think expectation is the thing that sets us up for failure more than anything else or sets us up for disappointment more than anything else. When you expect something from somebody, it's like almost at best you have a 50-50 chance because they either will or they won't. So half the time you, you, you may be disappointed if you put expectations on people. So the idea of I got your back and you got my back, so neither one of us has to keep our head on a swivel and watch our own backs. That has to come from a place of deep relationship with somebody, somebody that you really do trust and can depend on. And that comes with a lot of forgiveness for when that person doesn't do what you expect them or want them or need them to do. It has to come with a lot of grace and a lot of mercy to understand that um, it's... Let me use marriage or or like a uh, like a romantic relationship just for an example. People say that marriage is 50-50, and it's not. Marriage is 100-100.
And that doesn't mean that you have to bring 100 every day because you may not have 100 every day. In fact, you almost certainly won't have 100 every day. It means if you have 20% today, then I can bring the other 80 and we can get to 100 together. It's, it's about working together and, and, and filling in those, uh, those cracks and crevices, if I can say it that way, filling in those gaps, working together to have and to be everything that you need together. And, and I think that to lesser degrees or to varying degrees, that can work in all sorts of relationships. Like, you know, at work, if you're working with, with somebody at work, if you have a partner at work, that doesn't, you know, that means you don't have to do everything. You can do some things and they can do some things and then it can all get done. And that can be kind of tricky to navigate too if if you don't know how to work together with people. But that, you know, that's, that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about saying when, when, when we're, when you're looking at somebody else and you're going to highly esteem them or you're going to esteem others better than yourself, that doesn't mean I think you're better than me. It means I'm going to concern myself with you and your needs and I'm not going to worry about my stuff because I know that I'm covered. And listen, in the natural, excuse me, in the natural, I'm a big believer in like, like they say on an airplane, if, if the airplane is going to crash, you have to put your own oxygen mask on first before you can help anybody else with theirs. Because if you don't put your own oxygen mask on and you're, you know, passed out in the aisle, you can't help anybody. But in the spirit, it's almost opposite of that. You know, it, it, the kingdom of God is, is such an upside down kind of, uh, top, you know, tipped over backwards kind of it doesn't make sense to the natural mind jesus said the last will be first and the first will be last jesus said when you when you go to a party don't take the best seat because if you do you might be told to move to a different seat and somebody else will be put into that seat and then you'll be embarrassed he said take the take the lowest seat and then the host can say no no no, don't sit down there come up here with me and he can elevate you if you elevate yourself or try to elevate yourself that's when you get into trouble but if you're humble if you're not being selfish if you're not trying to impress others that's when there's room for others to give you what you think you need or or, or what you think you should have it's like we're so scared of missing out that we don't give other people opportunities to be who they are in our lives and and it's like if you if if you insist on doing everything yourself you're not giving anybody else the chance to help you and i know it's hard to ask for help that's one of the things that i probably struggle with the most i don't like needing help so even when i do i don't like asking for it and again I feel like there's the the idea of if I ask for help, I'll either get it or I won't. And if I need help and I ask for it and I don't get it, then I'm I feel like I'm even in more trouble than I started with. But I think the only thing worse than needing help is needing help and not getting it. So we have to be humble enough and willing enough to ask for what we need. And again, the, the, the first place we should go is to the Lord. And then he can direct who he wants to help us, right? But when you build these relationships, when you build these connections with people, that's when you have people that you can lean on. That's when you have people that you can rely on. And it's not selfish to ask for help. I mean, you know, if let me say it like this. There's a difference between 
helping and enabling. And that can be a hard line to find and a hard line to toe because when you really love somebody, you want to do everything for them. You want to do anything for them. And sometimes that will not help them. So you have to use wisdom with these things. You can't just say, I'm going to esteem others better than myself. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give him everything and I'm going to have nothing. I don't believe God wants you or needs you or requires you to cut your own arm off to give someone a hand, right? We are blessed to be a blessing. We are called to live out of our abundance. I believe it was uh, I believe it was John the Baptist who, when they asked him, "What should we do?" He said, "If you have two coats, give one to somebody who doesn't have one." He didn't say, "Give your coat away and freeze to death." He said, "If you have an abundance and someone else has a lack, if somebody has a lack and you can meet that lack and you can do it without harming yourself, then you should do that." And, and a lot of times I think that's even when, when, when we get into the trouble that the rich young ruler who, who asked Jesus, you know, uh, he's like, how can I earn this eternal life? And Jesus said, well, have you kept the, the command? You know the commandments. Do you keep them? And the, the rich young ruler said, yeah, I've kept them since childhood. And Jesus said, all right, good. Go sell what you have and give it to the poor. And the rich young ruler, because he had a lot of stuff, he didn't want to do that, and he got all, all upset about it. And the point was not that you can't have stuff. The point was that you shouldn't let your stuff have you. If you have something in your life that you're unwilling to get rid of or to give away if somebody else needed it, that's a discussion you need to have between yourself and the Lord. And I'm just going to leave it at that because I'm not... I'm not here to judge you. I'm not telling you to I'm not telling you to sell everything you have and give it to the poor. I'm telling you to listen to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you to esteem others higher than yourself. And if you see a need and you can meet that need and you can do it without harming yourself, there's no reason not to do it. Don't look at somebody and say, "I don't know if you deserve it or not." It deserve has nothing to do with it. God loves us whether we deserve it or not. God loves us. In fact, God loves us more when we don't deserve it, right? The Bible talks about how when we were sinners, when we had nothing to offer him, he gave us everything. He gave us his son. He gave us his spirit. He gave us his life, his light, his love. He transformed us from sinners to saints. When we couldn't do anything to save ourselves, he did everything to save us. And he didn't save us from himself. He saved us from the hell on earth that, that we were living in, that Adam had created when he ate from the, the tree of death, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He, he saved us from that. He saved us from, from a life apart from him. And, and I'm talking about even like in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, there were people who knew God. There were people who followed God, obviously, or, you know, the, the whole story of the people of Israel and, and all of the kings and all the prophets. David was a man after God's own heart, which I believe means he wanted God's heart. He was after it. He was chasing it. But without the Holy Spirit, they did not have the same relationship with God that we can have with God because God wasn't living in them. At that time, it wasn't until after Jesus uh, finished the work of, of, of the cross, through the cross, because of the cross, on the cross. It wasn't until, until Jesus, you know, died and was buried and rose again 
until he ascended to heaven and the Holy Spirit descended from heaven and took up abode or dwelling in us, that this whole relationship between God and man went to the next level. It, it, that's why, you know, I talked about the gift for, for like a month or something where he gave us his life, a different life, a new life, a better life, a more abundant life, uh, 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 an eternal, everlasting, abundant resurrection life of love. Jesus gave that to us when we had nothing because he wanted us to have everything. And again, you know, it's not about, I can't have stuff. It's about, you are blessed to be a blessing. When you have stuff, that means you can do stuff with your stuff. And the stuff that you can do with the stuff is you can bless others. You can help others. You can esteem others better than yourselves. I'm not going to tell the cookie story again because I tell it all the time. But I'm just simply saying, when you have something, that means you can give something. And that's important because love is giving, right? You can't give what you don't have, and you can only give what you do have. And that's why the divine order of things is receiving and releasing. The divine order of things is letting God love you and then loving him back by loving people. It's about knowing and believing that he has already filled you with his love and then filling yourself to overflowing with what he has already filled you with, receiving it and releasing it, receiving it by releasing it and releasing it by receiving it. We just let God love us until we can't contain it anymore and then it comes out of us naturally. And that was the new commandment that Jesus had when he said, you know, a new commandment I give unto you, love one another as I have loved you. That's all we're ever expected to do is love one another as Jesus loves us, which puts all of the emphasis and all of the focus on what he did and what he is doing. It puts all of the focus and all of the emphasis on his love for us. If he wants us to love a lot, he has to first love us a lot. He has to give us that love so that we can then give it away, so that we can return it to him by giving it to the people we come into contact with. That's how this thing works. We let God love us and we love him back by loving each other. And the way that we love each other is by not being selfish, by not trying to impress others, by being humble and thinking of others as better than ourselves. Or again, as the King James Version says, let each esteem other better than themselves. It's about understanding that I have everything I need, so I don't need to try to get anything. You know, I rant all the time about how tragic I think it is that so many people and, and, and you know, in some ways I, I kind of blame organized religion for this. So many people try so hard to be somebody they're not in order to get something they think they haven't got. Organized religion will tell us and the world will tell us that we're not good enough. Organized religion is always on a sin hunt, always trying to to, to, to scare us straight or to beat us into submission or, or to make us fit into a box when that's not what life is about. Life is not about being somebody you're not. Life is about finding out who you really are and embracing who you really are and being who you really are. And who you really are is who you are in Christ, which is who Christ is in you. So the secret to life, to me, in my opinion, these are my thoughts. If you don't like them, get some of your own. 
The secret of life to me is Jesus living his life in us and through us and as us. It's Christ in us coming out of us. It's us presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice and saying, whatever you want to do, Lord, do it through me. Whatever you want me to do, I will do it. Just show me the way. And Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. You know, when, 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 when we talk about the grass being greener on the other side, when we talk about, you know, hope and we talk about uh, everybody wants something different, something better. It's easy to get complacent. It's easy to get stuck in a rut. And, you know, uh, like my pastor always said, a rut is just a grave with both ends kicked out. Like if you're stuck in a rut, you're not going anywhere. You're, you're, you're dying on the vine, so to speak. So what Jesus did is he came to show us a more excellent way. What Jesus did is he brought us out of death and into life. And the Bible tells us in another place that we know that we have passed, past tense, 2,000 years ago on the cross, we have passed from death to life because we love one another. That's what life is. Life is love. To live is to love, and to love is to live. If you don't have love, you don't have life. So, I mean, really, it's that simple. The Bible says, uh, the Bible also says, you know, if you don't love one another, then you abide in death. Like, we are, we were created to be loved and to love. We were created to be known and to know. We were created to have these relationships and these connections. We were, and, and, and the way that you do that in the best possible way is to not be selfish, is to be humble, is to esteem others higher than ourselves, to see each other as, and listen, I know this kind of almost goes against what I said earlier, because deserve really has nothing to do with it. But when we see each other as highly esteemed, if we see each other as worthy of love, if we don't, if we stop judging people uh, by the surface and we stop looking at people and we start looking in people, and then the light in me can connect to the light in you. And then we can understand that we, you know, we are worthy of love just simply because we are here, just simply because we're alive, just simply because God created us worthy of love. So it's not about who deserves what. It's not about trying to get anything. It's about knowing what you have, believing that you have it, and using what you have. The 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 way to really truly use the gift that we've been given, the gift of Jesus's abundant, everlasting, eternal resurrection life of love. The way to use that gift is to live. The, and, and, and the way to live is to love. This whole life is about loving people. This whole life is about letting God love us and loving him back by loving each other. That's as simple as I can make it. But we can't do that until we see each other the way God sees us. We can't do that until we can see each other as someone who is highly esteemed. Until we start to esteem others better than ourselves. Until we start to be more concerned with helping other people than getting things from other people. And listen, I, I always like to put this caveat out there. There's people in this world that they don't pick up what I'm laying down. I'm not for everybody. I know that. I understand that. I'm not saying you should try to force yourself into situations where you're not welcome or where you don't fit. I'm saying you can love everybody, but sometimes you have to love people from a distance. 
And at the very least, you can pray for people, whether you like them or not, whether you get along with them or not, whether, you know, there, there's, there's, there's people in this world that I would really rather not talk to, but I can still pray for them, you know? So we can, we, we don't look down on people, I guess, is, is, is what I mean. Even if you don't get along with them, you can still pray for them. Even if you don't get along with them, if they need help, you can still help them. So when we're esteeming others higher than ourselves, we're not saying I'm worse than you and you're better than me. We're simply saying I'm concerned with what's going on with you and I'm not worried about me. We're thinking of each other more than we're thinking about ourselves. Hum being humble is not thinking less of yourself. It's simply thinking of yourself less. I'm not worried about me because I know I'm good. I know I'm covered. I know I have what I need because the, the, the creator of the universe has my back and he has given me everything I need. He's given me the gift that I need. He gave me his life. He gave me his heart. He gave me his spirit. So I'm good. I have what I need. And now that I have what I need, now that I have something, now I can use it. Now I can give it away. Now I can help you to understand that you have what you need and I can pour it into you. And then the best part about it is the more you give it away, the more of it you have. Like it doesn't, excuse me, it doesn't, uh, it, you don't run out of love by giving it away. It, it, it expands when you give it away. It gets bigger. It gets more. We're connected to a limitless, endless, powerful source of love that is the God who is love. He lives inside of us. And when we fill ourselves to overflowing with what he has filled us with, he comes out of us. He comes out through us. And then we experience life in a new dimension. Then we experience life in a new and exciting and full way. The fullness of life that God has created for us comes from the relationships and the connections that we make with each other. It comes from esteeming each other higher than ourselves and giving what we've got to each other. That's what this life is about and that's what this life is for. So I think I might talk about how God sees us as highly esteemed next week and then we'll close uh, the season out the week after that. But uh, as always, thank you guys and we'll see you next week. Okay, well, if you enjoyed that, I want to invite you to check out my website, jesusrant.com. You can get my daily rants on there. You can uh, get the my books that I've written on there. They're also on Amazon. I have an author's page on Amazon. Um, I've written a lot of books. I'm pretty proud of them. You can order them. I try to keep them cheap because I don't like to pay a lot of money for books, and I don't think people should have to pay a lot of money for mine. So check that out. Um, if you want to support the podcast itself, you can find it on anchor.fm. If you just search for Jesus Rant, um, you can support it monetarily. You can support it by uh, liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it. And you can, you can support it, excuse me, by word of mouth, by telling people about it, uh, helping other people listen, find it and listen to it. And uh, thank you once again, as always, for spending your time to listen to it to uh to help me to get the word out which you know as we know by now is is my heart is just getting this word out word without walls ministry um so just thank you for your support i love you and there's nothing you can do about it amen <laughs>